everybody. It's Melissa from the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Just wanted to let you know that we are doing another live Star Wars episode this year for the release of Rogue One. We're going to do a screening here in camera at Palace Electric Cinemas on the 16th of December. Uh, it's at 9 p.m. Tickets are going to be $20 and we're going to show the movie followed by a review from us and then some audience participation. So we would really love to see everybody there. We encourage you to dress up and to have fun because we certainly plan to. So that's Friday, December 16th. So look at our website for details about the tickets. Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts this week. We watched Queen of Cutway, directed by Mira Nair and released in 2016. The plot goes something like this. A Ugandan girl from the slums of Cutway sees her life change through the game of chess. Yes. Um, so this movie kind of came out with not very much fanfare and didn't do terribly well, um, as far as I know, in America. Um, I was kind of thinking we wouldn't actually end up getting it here. I'm glad we did, though, because mm. um, it's really cute. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it is, it, it's a, like, kids' sports movie, like all the other ones. Yeah. Every like the. the Every beat you can kind of see coming, every single beat. Like, the there's this bit where she goes off to the world championships, and I'm like, but she has to lose. Narratively, she has to lose this championship. Right, yes. Regardless of what may have happened in real life, this is the point at which she loses and then is unhappy, and then we get the sad bit of the movie, and then we have to have the uplifting bit at the end. Um, right. It is like every other movie, but in some kind of important ways, it's not like every other movie. This has got Disney's backing on it. This is a kids' sports movie about – not just a woman of color, a woman of color who lives in Africa, who's poor, who and all of her like and all of her family and all of her life, and it's a kids' sports movie that's uplifting and it's I got think, Disney money and it's got a big name director on. it. I think that's kind of why I was expecting more out of it. I guess ah, because well, the fact that I could like, and and there were lots of bits that I really liked, but the fact that I could predict all those beats was getting frustrating for me, especially during that section where it was like, oh, she goes off to this championship and she loses and then yeah. she feels like giving up. And that the bit- Russian one was particularly frustrating because she could have taken the other girl's queen. Like the move was right there and she just like gives up. So it's not even like chess, chess lily. <laughs> it's not even like, you know, along the rules of the sport. Well, you, I would assume that that's the from the real one, I guess. Yeah, I guess I don't know, but the the queens were like diagonally opposite one another. I don't know why she took, didn't take the other girl's queen. Um, I'm sure there was a reason. I'm sure there was like if she'd taken the queen, then something else would happen. But yeah. Anyway, that, and, but it was also like it had it had to work that way. But I don't know. I, was, I kind of liked that it had all those familiar beats because a lot of what's in the movie is unfamiliar, and it's kind of it's telling it's trying to universalize a story to a specific place that doesn't normally get its stories universalized. And I I liked that about it. Yeah. I see where you're coming from. I think it's the same problem that I have with a lot of these, a lot of movies where I'm like, oh, it's going to be really different and then it's not really different and I get frustrated because it hasn't pushed anything. Yeah. Um, and I was glad this was not really different. I was, It's accessible. That to me. It is accessible. And, and like, I, I, I mean, uh, the other problem that I had with that section actually is that it shifts the focus away from um, Fiona for a little while. So Fiona's the main character. Um, she's the chess prodigy. And like when she was becoming difficult, it's like the movie didn't want to deal with her. And suddenly we were only in her mother's and um, the coach's perspectives mm. and we weren't dealing with Fiona anymore. And then once she like turned around and 
uh, once she lost the Russian thing, it, it shifted back into her perspective a little bit more. And it's almost like they just didn't want to deal with the idea that she, like, we might have to see it from her perspective when she was being a brat. <laughs> yeah, it's actually interesting that because it, it, it's like it takes the parents' view. It takes the view of, like, she's being a difficult teenager because um, there's a little there, – you see her, her sister doing it at the start as well and you get this sort of difficult teenager bit um, and so it's it, it's very much like a parental look at it. Yeah, exactly. And I found that really, like – I just found that really frustrating to watch partly because um, – We'd spent so much time watching things from Fiona's perspective, but also because like David Oyelowo and Lupita Nyong'o are so freaking good that like you actually have to not focus on them and focus on the kids mm. for the story to work because otherwise you just want to watch them act <laughs> like the whole time, you know. Um, it, it almost becomes disappointing when we go back to having to watch it from Fiona's perspective because we get less Lupita Nyong'o and less David Oyelowo yeah. and you're like, well, they they're so good. Yeah. Um. The bit, my God, the bit when like, and I think I do think the f- the top half of the movie is better than the second half. Um. The bit when he they go to their first little match against the school mm. and everybody's crying and he tells a story about the cat and the dog. I was like, I love it. That was amazing. I love everything about that. It was so like it was a really good scene for his character too, like showing his um his co- him do like his calling yeah. is to help these kids. Like he's just such a exactly. natural teacher natural pastor a natural coach with these kids and it's the shift as well that's the that's this kind of moment for his character yeah. because up until that point he'd been quite a reluctant yeah. um you know a, reluctantly stuck in the teacher job as the narrative goes mm. you know um like um Emilio Estevez in Mighty Ducks. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, that's the moment when you see that, like, this is what he's meant to do. And that bit, his was, wife is so great. That woman is a freaking hero. Yeah. And she's wonderful and she's a goddamn hero because she's keeping the family afloat. Right. All while birthing and raising three kids, one of whom was actually really in the movie. Oh, there movie. were three? Yeah. Well, at the end they said she's got three daughters. Okay. One of them. There's only the, one in the movie, right? Yeah. But by the, now there are three. And in the credits I noticed that one of them is actually one of the real daughters. Which is I thought it? was really sweet. Yeah, That's credited very cute. herself. Um, but yeah, that woman is a goddamn hero. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, and and a lot of the kids live with them as well. That yeah, I was reading in the when they at the end of the movie they have all the real life people come mm-hmm. up. I'm ju- I've just been looking up to see if I've actually seen anything else that my, Mira Nae has directed, and I don't. I'm not I actually sure I did see anything, but she came up when I was doing my thesis. I did my thesis on like British Indian, um, or British South Asian film. Yeah. So uh, she did come up a lot there, but I'm not actually sure I watched any of her stuff directly. I haven't seen anything. Um, her stuff was always a bit sort of arty and um, experimental for my taste. Like she she was a lot of, yeah, her, her stuff's a bit uh, out of my comfort zone. So well, I, I was just wondering about it stuff. because there were certain things that I noticed as like I think director flourishes or something on this movie that I found very frustrating. Um, s- shots don't hold for long enough a lot of the time for you to actually understand what position people are in um that she does a lot of this thing i've noticed it so many times in this movie where like she'll shoot somebody from who's uh, in a certain position and then she'll shoot again like the next shot will be from inside uh think about when um when fiona's outside the mm. chess club yep 
and you see her walk up to the chess club, but then we're shot from inside and we see her on the left, but then we're shot again and it and she feels like well, we're yeah, crossing the line. Yeah, well, we see her look through like a horizontal slot. Yeah. And by the time David Yellowway notices her, she's actually standing in like a little doorway right around the other side of the building. Yes. Right. And there's, but there's a bunch of little bit like, yeah. and even then she, when she's even just standing there, it shows her from behind and then inside and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you don't know where to look. There's a bit one where also we're, um, I think it might be Benjamin, but it's one of the boys talking to Fiona, like starts wagging his finger mm. and it just cuts from that. Mm. And part of me is like, yeah, we, that, that's the, that's the side, that's the side of a man warming up for a man's plane. But also like, it was really weird that he, he starts doing this thing, like he's going to talk and then it's gone and we're onto some totally different spot. Yeah. And that happens a lot. Um, with a lot of shots, it'll be just a shot like it. And, and, uh, when she's playing chess, when, when the coach realizes, the scene where they're playing chess next to the water and um and <laughs> the seventh seal scene <laughs> yeah <laughs> and coach realizes how good she is yeah um that one had a lot of shots that were too short like it should have held on her face for longer it should have held on the board for longer things like that mm. um i think they were trying to get through all this narrative stuff that they're trying to tell in the movie because it can't be mm. too long yeah. Um, if it's for kids. But at the same time, I found it really frustrating that like it just felt a beat too short a lot of the time. And um, and right at the end of the movie when mum's coming up through the crowd yeah. to come and join them on stage, she'll be like way at the back and then suddenly right at the front mm. but shot from a different angle so you can't find her at first. Yeah. Um, I don't like that. That really annoys me. Yeah. I need to know where I'm looking. Um, yes. So that – but that's like – yeah. yeah, I think um, uh, while I I can't actually think I've actually don't think of this. I think this is my first Mira Nair film. She's definitely got a reputation as very sort of distinctive kind mm. of director, um, and I think some of those the shortcuts and stuff like that I think are are hers. Okay, one of her trademarks, along with all the bright color and things like that. Yeah, um, all that handheld stuff. But I just found those those little like it's it's quite jarring, mm. and it should feel yeah, comfortable. The, the chess on the beach scene because I. I was watching that happen and it's sort of like it's we're told more than we're shown. Like you sort of – it should also allow David Oyelowo's face to kind of come to the realisation, mm. whereas it's more something that they tell us through dialogue. Well, they sh- they show us with her doing all the moves, which was really right. cool. But then, yeah, you don't get that moment well, no, from he him. doesn't. he doesn't have enough of a moment to kind of – for realisation to hit him. You do then – you know, see him like stand up and like storm away, storm around, and he's like, "Oh my god!" Um, yeah, but yeah, it, we're getting quite technical with this off. one, um, which is funny mm-hmm. um, for what the movie is. But yeah, it. Uh, I, I feel like the I do feel like the technical kind of stuff let it down a little bit, like the mm. pacing bits and pieces and the the that kind of editing yeah. and stuff. Like it, it's this movie that. I mean, I should, I really want to like, I like these kinds of movies, right? And there's certain moments that work so well. Uh, yeah. when they show, um, um, Harriet, her house mm-hmm. is like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, I think possibly I've enjoyed this more than you because I, I'm, I really just was, I kind of felt immersed in the world a lot. I think that handheld stuff kind of helped me do that. Um, I felt a lot more immersed in it that when, Certain, like, I think certain moments worked really, really well. Um, but I think that because those were working really well when it didn't work, it really pulled me out of it. Mm. So things like, um, that, that when they get thrown out of their house was riveting, right? Mm. Like, that you don't is... expect it either. It's a bit like when the brother gets hit by the bus. Oh, yeah, that as well. it, they both come it's out a of bike, I think. He's yeah, whatever. He gets hit by, um, a vehicle. Um, but they both come out of no, no, well, that one comes out, the hit by a bus thing comes out of nowhere because that's, 
that's sort of almost You're classic. That in mean Girls, right? Well, I mean, no, but it's just a, it's a thing long before Mean Girls. I know, but um, just... but the fact that they then come, they they have to run away from hospital because they've got no money to pay, and then they come home and they've been evicted. Like it's all kind of it piles on top of the other, mm. and you don't see it all coming. Yeah, and it's it's interesting how kind of held how uh, Fiona holds it together so well then, and then completely falls apart after losing that championship as well i was just thinking and yeah. all the night stuff is really interesting well, and i think there was a, a culture shock bit of the russia trip that we didn't really get time yeah, to explore I, I mean when i was looking this this movie up to verify your claim that it made no money it really was made on very little money yeah. in the first place so like i suspect there's shots they didn't have time to get or locations they couldn't use mm. um but it seems like the russia thing was that there was a culture shock with the snow and all that kind of stuff uh, and I, which I think was sort of underexplored in that. So part of the reason, you know, um, cause, cause well, that, that, that bit goes past way too fast because it's almost like they know you know what's going to happen, yeah. and so they don't actually want to delve into right. it and delve into the real emotions of what that make what that creates. You're really dealing with all of that when she gets back home instead yeah. of in the moment. So you don't yeah. feel like you're in the moment. And for that's that bit. one of the like as far as like sporting stories go, the story of the big fish in the small pond going into the big pond is like. An interesting story mm. and it's an interesting character journey and it's sort of kind of um there's not enough time to sort of see and there's happen. the problem of we already know that she we also know that she's going to lose that because we've seen that they, they decided to open with a flash forward to the end which i i'm i'm just starting to think movies shouldn't do that this has been a problem well, for me in a I couple mean, of movies lately and they, i'm starting to think they, they just shouldn't flash do forward to the end but they don't actually show her winning they just no, show her but, showing up yes i know but it's she also goes and she sits down. She, it's obviously in Africa, mm. so it's not another world tournament. And then we see her going to a world tournament a year before that happens. Yeah. So you know that it's not going to work out. Yeah, yeah. You know, that the, these kinds of little narrative building blocks. Well, are, and all the, like, showing this happened in this year and this, it was kind of a bit distracting. So distracting. Because, oh, my God, I hated it. Because in the service of keeping the same actors, the actors don't look like they've grown enough no, for it to be a year. That frustrated the hell out of me, but you already um, know that. Yeah. Um, so there's this thing with like the baby where the baby suddenly ages up like three years into the movie yeah. or something, and you're like, what? And I have real trouble um, working out how old she was. That was kept. I was kept being really distracted by how old she is because mm-hmm. she's she seems like she's a teenager when she starts, and I would have mm-hmm. put her at about fifteen. But she's clearly like younger than that. She's like eleven at the beginning of the movie, right? According to the narrative, she had to be about eleven. But then she doesn't grow at all, <laughs> like for four years. And she, she also stays in exactly the same state of growth. So do everybody around her, Benjamin, her little brother. Okay, yes, yeah, so no, she's eleven. Real Fiona's born in nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Um, which was it was hard to tell because yeah, she looks about fifteen when she starts. And I, I um yeah, I don't actually know how old the actress playing her was because she's like a brand new. Um, newcomer like she was found for this film um, but it was quite confusing to me because she looks you know almost grown and you're also doing the maths of like Lupita Nyong'o is your age and so mm-hmm. so she must have had this kid when she was like 18 and, yep. um, and then you try to work out how much older the older sister is who's probably 16 or so when we start mm-hmm. um, yeah. which yeah yeah all of that stuff is it, it, I found it more distracting that, like, it makes sense for her to be a young mother and all that sort of stuff. Oh, but yeah, for, that was not a problem, but it was also, it also, you know how I have to do the maths? And yes. I, I have to, and it just, it was like. I did the maths too, and I did the maths on all of these kids growing up. Like, Benjamin, who's the smallest kid in the um in the group, mm. he's tiny for four years. He doesn't grow at all. And then you see the real Benjamin, and, like, you're like. And he's, <laughs> like, 16 or something yeah. now, yeah. 
but it's it's really oh, oh oh the best one was the little um the youngest the Richard the youngest brother comes in holding the two kids who played Richard and he's like yeah six feet tall I loved that mm. that made me really happy for some reason yeah that was cute um because uh, it was Richard was the one where you kept going to that baby has not grown a year's worth of growth. Yeah, it's just frustrating to me to watch mm. them not age. Um, and and the story is telling us that this is happening, but we're not watching it happening. Um, mm. And that again is the technical stuff. And I I think it's a good idea to not to use the same actors, but it really breaks immersion when you're like, but it can't be four years later. Mm. It can't be. There's can't be four years difference between these two things. Also, sh- they keep changing her hair too much. I don't care if the real kid did that. Yeah. It's too distracting when she changes her hair and then changes it again actually, in the next scene to something that she used to have. Because you're like, oh, is she younger now? Are we flashing back? No, we're not flashing. They back. do the it's same the present. with um, David Yellow's wife as well. She changes her hair quite significantly mm-hmm. between various bits, and sort of like, oh yeah, you know, real people do change their hair. In that time, but yeah, you kind of, but she goes back is the problem. Well, remember when we watched Girlhood? Yes. And hair has a really important narrative purpose in that story. Mm. The problem with this one was that they seem to want to do some sort of narrative purpose for the hair, well, but they don't actually make it there. Well, I, I think they do in some senses in that her hair is natural and short when, you know, things are not going so well for her. And then when she comes back from the championship, somebody does braids for her. I know, but then the very next thing we see is her mum doing her hair and it's short again, like it was originally. And then she goes to the slightly longer look that she has. for, Mm. And and you're like, but you can't go backwards and then go forwards. You can't do that in this movie because we need to know when we are. You've made a really important point. But I did think the braids worked well because that was the point at which she was like, oh, yes, I'm unbeatable. This is great. That was yeah, that, that was right it, for that part of the character. Yes, it was like that's what I mean. Like that narrative purpose worked, but then they dropped it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and it's it's really distracting and confusing. And this movie doesn't need to be more distracting and confusing because again, it is that kind of straightforward narrative. And like, I I I kept wanting to get swept up in it. Mm. You know, I there were so many like times when I was sort of there. Um, Night leaving a little brother and then him nearly drowning. I genuinely oh thought he was going to die. Yeah, I, I thought both brothers were going to die at one point or another. Like, yeah. it was just, but though the stakes felt very real. Like, yeah. her life is, is such that life and death are a very real possibility. She's already lost her dad. She's already lost a brother. Sister. Sister, was Juliet, it? Juliet, I think. Okay, I couldn't remember the name. I just knew there was another child that died with dad. Um, so the stakes of living there, it's dangerous. Like, he gets hit by, a motorbike we think but there's no like there's there's no ambulance there's no infrastructure Mm. like he goes to hospital but there's not enough pain medication and and then there's like exorbitant bills and all that kind of stuff that go with it Um, and that kid was really good too the kid who played brian wasn't he funny he was very funny and very like uh very watchable i found him Mm. very watchable and i found him a lot of the time more um expressive than um, the little girl who played um, Fiona, Melita mm. something? Uh, it, it, M- Medina. Medina. Medina Nalwanga. Okay, Medina. So she um, – there were some moments when I kind of wanted more out of that character. Mm. Um, there were some bits that were really, really good. Um, I, I like when – you know, she doesn't smile a whole lot, and then when she does, mm. it works – it's like – breaking free you know like the when they dance mm. on the street when he yeah, goes yeah. back to see her mom that scene is gorgeous i loved that yeah. um I, I i keep finding myself going back to like any scenes where like 
Lupita Nyong'o and David Oyelowo were good are like the best scenes in the movie. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. all of the really good moments come from those two. Yeah, well, I they mean, are so good. These kids, I, I mean, they're it's all like their first movie. Yeah, they've been picked like because they are Ugandan because they like belong to the place and they can sort of. The, I think that's the way they've done the casting, right? And they do and well. So they do a. Like they do a pretty good job, especially the lead, um, who is certainly a lot better than some of the other kids, kid actors. But you do, you kind of see that they have to grow across the film, and also like it's shot for nothing, so there's you know it takes time for them to mm-hmm. to do that as well. I, I do understand all those things, but like coming out of it, it's still going to be the same effect that mm-hmm. those two are like just phenomenal actors, and it's also that those two are genuinely great actors. I mean, like. They should both be Oscar nominated. Yeah. They're not. Only one is. But yeah, and um, Oscar winning. Yes, Sorry. and like, and the reason this film got made is because they have clout. Mm-hmm. Um, like because like I imagine that signing Lupita Nyong'o was the thing that got ev- everybody else to sign. Like I, I think Mira and I got attached because she made a documentary about the real coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so she so getting her attached like she's a pretty big deal she's made some fairly big name big studio pictures and stuff um but i imagine that getting lupita nyong'o attached was probably what you know pushed it over the edge and got disney involved and all that kind of stuff yeah um and yeah i mean it's definitely disney yeah like the the, the way that the stuff with night works out is so disney-fied you know like they don't go into what all of that actually implies. No. Um, at one point, somebody says Sugar Daddy, and I was like, oh, my God, that's, like, so risque for this movie because mm. they never really talk about what Knight is doing mm. for the money and what is going on with that storyline, you no. know. And there's this bit where it's implied that um, that Harriet, the mother, is thinking about getting married and then she can't do it, mm. which I really liked. Um, yeah. Again, because she's so good. She's so good. All of the stuff that she does in this movie, she's so like strong and angry and, you know, and defiant. And mm. I just, she's such an interesting character. And it's really, really interesting to watch, especially when she comes up against, um, against Coach, who's so much more like soft and, and patient and, mm. um, and cultured and, you know, like yeah. he's clearly been to university in the way that he deals with people yeah. and she, it's, it's, they brush up against each other and they Yeah. Well, I mean it's funny because he's like his start in life has not been great either. And it seems but it seems like um for Harriet her her start in life was better and she's had through a series of circumstances things have gotten really bad and so that's kind of embittered her um a little against the I don't the know world. about her start start but I think things were definitely better when, when her she husband was married. Was yeah, alive. yeah. Like that's clear from from the pictures and stuff and where whereas uh, for Coach, things have didn't start so great or and weren't so great in childhood, but he's been able like things have have gotten better for mm. him, and so he's got a bit more of a an optimistic outlook on life because things worked out for him a lot better than they did for her. Whereas she, and and she's got this kind of, she, you know, she's been knocked down multiple times and she she's kind of uh, hardened herself against the world a bit. I could have done without the angelic dead mother trope. Mm-hmm. Um, that was I I, I liked I would have. I think the story could have worked just as well without having the shot of the mother and then the like when she pulls back and yep. it's blurry and she looks like an angel. I didn't like that much. Yeah, I think it's also very manipulative when um, yeah. I and and I take this as some, from someone whose mother did die young. It's extremely manipulative to use that for somebody else's issue. Like just because your mother died when you were young and that was awful and it, it is, it doesn't mean that somebody else's emotional issue is not real 
or significant, like their family problem. And it feels incredibly manipulative to kind of hold that over them. Oh, if only I had one more day. Like, no, that's a horrible thing to say to somebody. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that particular bit. I think the story would have worked well on it, just him trying to connect with her and let her know that, like, because he, he, he is had the, a hard life, right? Yes, he is the hope for the future that she wants to have, right? Yeah. He is living a proof of that, and that's yeah. that's a good way to use it. But to talk, yeah, that that like manipulative. You mm. should talk to your mother because mine died. Yes, it's it's, like, well, no, that's not how that works. Yeah, it's um, not. You should saying- talk to your mother because she's worked really hard for you and she tried really hard for you, and you've kind of abandoned her at a time when it's yeah. Uh, and also, I mean, that's also that um thing of being an adult versus being a teenager. When you're a teenager, you just see your parents' faults mm-hmm. in really clear-eyed fashion, and you don't see the context of their decisions or the context of their life. And yeah, that was a weird thing um, that they decided not to have that conversation with Fiona. Um, mm-hmm. They decided to have that conversation between the two adults, yeah. right, about how strong the mother was but not and not talk to Fiona about it. Well, I think it could have really given her some perspective to talk about that rather than to say, my mum died and, and so you should see yours. A little bit, yes, but also teenagers are teenagers. I know. And they don't sh- necessarily – fully comprehend that. But we don't get any of that from her character. No. Um, There's no reason why, like, because she's quite, like, smart and, mm. and understanding and all that sort of stuff. It doesn't make a lot of sense for me to, with her character, for, to do it that way. Yeah. Unless that she showed some other signs that she wouldn't be receptive to that idea. Well, uh, yeah, and, and she is, like, she's very responsible. Like, she yeah. sees her older sister and she's like, no, I know that that's not the right, not, not what my mother wants for me. Mm. That's not. That's and tries to make path. peace between them, which I thought yeah. those scenes were quite effective as well. Yeah. And I uh, will even to the fact that she brings the sister back to the house that she buys. So they all, they all live together. I, I saw that as the sister with the baby and I just thought, this is all very nice and Disney right now. I can totally imagine how the actual reality of this will go. But anyway, yeah. um, yeah, it, it, it's, um, it's interesting. I've just forgotten my train of thought. So never mind. I think like the, the thing about it is that I really like, I want to like it so much that it, it, it's like I really want to like this movie. I, there's all these things in it, elements in it that make me want to like it more. Um, and there's certain scenes that really work well and then some scenes that just don't at all. And it's kind of tonally inconsistent. And I don't know whether that's the Disney thing, but like there's, you know, when the two little girls come up to her, and it should be inspiring in the chess club. And they're like, do it for us. It's kind of funny because they come in, they're really dressed up. They curtsy to her, which is adorable. But there's no, there's no like, they don't come to play. They're not coming to learn to play chess or anything. They're just like, do it for us. And then they're gone. Yeah. Um, which and, is strange. I would have thought. The build of that, her effect on the community is not really felt. It just sort of goes from she's just in her little world to suddenly everybody's in love with her. Mm-hmm. And you don't see a, a kind of build up to that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Small towns, you know, get on bandwagons pretty easy. So, but there's not like a moment when you suddenly go you, where, where you realize, oh, people are starting to take notice of her because she's doing really well. There's just suddenly she's on all the TVs. Yeah, and that would have been nice to have a moment where somebody she doesn't know recognizes her and right. Yeah, because because that's like very um like a jarring moment for her. She's like, what? Wait. Other people will know about this. And the, the, the concept of the Queen of Katwe, the name of the movie, right? Yeah. Like, this is what the movie is talking about. It's talking about her repping the, the community and, and all of that sort of stuff. But there's not a lot of that in the movie. Mm. Um, it's an interesting, actually, like the, the mashup or the clash almost between 
like Disney and the sort of avant-garde filmmaking of yeah. Naira with like the very conventional storytelling of Disney with um like the fact that this story isn't uh, because the story isn't like the traditional white male sports movie. Mm. It's it's Eddie different. the Eagle. Yeah, it, I mean there are, there are elements which I did like. I yeah. feel bad because I was like Eddie the Eagle. I praised for a lot of the things that I'm. Well, see, I love this at least almost. As, I I don't know if I love it as much as Eddie. The, I think I love it nearly as much as Eddie the Eagle. I certainly had a really good time in this, but um, it, it's it's more complicated. Like things aren't there aren't easy answers. Like mm. she still she can win stuff, but she still has to go back to the house with no roof. Yeah, um, and and, and that's why they don't it, shy away from that either. That's why I think at the end it feels so like pat, you know, that they're um, just kind of going through the motions a little bit by the end yeah, of the movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess so. I kind of liked that for a Disney film, though. the The level of um, resilience and the level of like you really see how she has to kind of work at this and but keep I like going. That they through. teach her resilience as well. Yeah, like, David Oyelowo explicitly teaches resilience in this movie, which is a really mm. good. That's a really good message for kids. Yeah. I like that one a lot. And well, and message for kids as well, seeing this life that maybe is very different to theirs and seeing the resilience that she can well, display and then having that taught explicitly yeah, in the movie. But is there is also like an element of um, she's got talent, but it's not just about her talent. There are barriers, legitimate institutional like geographical barriers. And she, she has to work at She it. has to work through and they're not – it's not going to come easily. She's not just going to like, and I, they almost solve it a little too easily in that she gets a book deal and she's able to buy a mother a house because. And we don't see her get the book deal. No, which, they, yeah, it's really weird. They just kind of cut to it. That's why um, I said it feels too pat. It's yeah, just too much, um, like but too easy. Also, like, I think most people who work in creative fields know that one book deal does not change your whole life. One like, of my favorite lines actually in the movie is the bit where she goes, um, losing makes me a better player. Mm. I liked that. Yeah. That was, that was like, yeah, message-wise. I, I still think that it actually did a pretty good job of, of I mean, it, of being like, you can still be doing really well and be really successful, but it doesn't solve all your problems. True. And I thought that was very good because there, like, the Disney story would be that this one big thing happens and all the problems are solved forever and they live happily ever after, but that's not true. Yes, well, that would be, it would just end with her celebrating and then none of the other stuff. But then after that, you know, I don't know. Um. It just doesn't seem like it does seem to solve all their problems, you know. Well, yeah, the, the one book deal, and like, uh, I I just can't imagine that that, you know. Also, it took me such a long time to place the woman who was asking about the book deal, but it was their old um landlord. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But that was that was a strange choice because we've really only seen her once. Um, yeah, and I, so she's not narratively I didn't important. Work that out at all. I just thought it was two ladies in the hairdresser. Right. Yeah. No. It's it's actually narratively. Yeah, and that of. makes sense with the line, oh, she made money off that. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the thing is that I, I just don't feel like that was set up particularly well. Um, and that, oh. I, I do think when you mentioned, um, the kind of avant-garde Mira Nair versus Disney, that's where the tonal dissonance is coming from, I think. Mm. Well, I think it's interesting because Lupita Nyong'o is a bit of a Disney princess at the moment. Like she is. She is a real life Disney princess. Did you see her Cinderella dress? I did. But I mean, like, Disney really likes her and, and wants her in their stuff. She's amazing. And so she's so good in so this. You, and because she's wonderful and so is Miri Nair, she they're using their star power and their money and Disney to bring like women's stories and, and black women's yeah. stories and African women's stories to life, which is amazing. But there is like, I mean, Disney is almost like not set up for Miri Nair and, and Lupita Nyong'o to like blaze through town and be like, we're doing this. <laughs> 
Um, it, it, they're, Disney's kind of, you know, it's large and slow moving and traditional. But you know they an- do their best. The thing that's amazing about Lupita Nyong in this movie is that she can be off screen for such a long time and you're still, every time she comes back, like right back in it with her. Mm. It doesn't matter how long you haven't seen her for. And it's not like when they pull us out of um, Fiona's point of view because – like when we get back into that, I found it hard to get back into it. But when, when every time that Harriet comes back, I'm right there again. She's just like everything she does is so kind of purposeful and interesting mm. and, and unexpected and really, really solid. You, um, you really get an idea of her, um, her character, like her spine yeah. of steel. And there's these things like, that you know the way she wears different clothes mm. and the way that she puts herself together. Oh, the, the, for this. She puts on the good orange dress to go to the hospital. I noticed that when she goes to the hospital, she's wearing her one her really good dress that she later sells yeah. to the fabric guy. Um, she she wears her good dress because she's like she's got a, a very strong sense of dignity, and, and that I'm assuming comes from having having been relative uh, having having relative status when she was married mm. uh to being in the status she's in so there's there's a couple of scenes they're and they're really close together there's she wears that orange dress to um to the hospital because she's dealing with doctors and she's in a in a different world to the one that she normally is in every day and there's a scene where she goes to coach's house and she's not uh, she's got a jacket on she sort mm. of sits up straight and pulls the jacket together mm. and she's it's it, really strong sense of, of pride. And those are these little things that, I mean, there is costuming and, and direction, but you feel like a lot of this stuff comes from, like, the actress because, mm. you know, especially when you've got two people who are so good who are clearly making decisions through the movie that I think you can see other people not making, mm-hmm. that, like, you can see how good they are. Yeah. This basically is, like, the the review of this movie for me is going to be based on, like, the positive points of the movie are going to be based on the strength of like those two actors and what they can yeah. do. And, and like, you know, the story is really, really one that is important and one that is something that I like to see. And, but I think framing it in this kind of universal way, I don't know. I, it made me feel like I'd seen it before. Mm. Um, and without that strength from, I just don't think that, without the strength from the lead actress, it just kind of doesn't pull me in as much and doesn't really kind of um, make me feel the way that I should be feeling. Like I feel a lot of those things because I know that I should be feeling them rather than just because of what this story is telling me. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I I get it. I I didn't didn't, have those problems, but I I mean, I think part of it is that thing, that reframing thing of because I knew what was happening, because I knew what I was supposed to feel – I ended up feeling that. Yeah. Um, but I also – I just feel like the, the strength of the actual kind of yeah. delivery wasn't there as much as no. I'd like and, it to and be. There were, no, and there were parts where you could tell this is a, like a first-time actress. Yeah. Um, and and it's not and, – and, and, just, and just the bits we just talked about, like Lupita Nyong'o sitting up straight and buttoning her jacket. Like um, that could be a directing choice, but I suspect it's an acting one mm. Um, just because we don't see it so much in others. But I there – yeah, there, there's a difference in class. But then Lupita Nyong'o has had a lot of advantages in life. She grew up wealthy. She was able to go to Yale. She was, like, she's had a lot of advantages that this girl possibly hasn't. She's been pulled out of, of Uganda and given this one chance to be in a Disney movie. And, and I'm sure that she'll probably do better next time. And, and this will allow her to get work and to, to have some of the opportunities that Lupita's had. Um, and so, you know, I mean. I understand all of that. I do. 
but like you also have this kind of remember when we watched um the eye in the sky yes and the little girl in that Aisha who was also like selling bread and right I got more out of her screen time in that movie which was a lot less than I got out of this character um she also reminded me a lot of like I was thinking about girlhood a lot I think I got more out of that character than I did out of this one. And Girlhood wasn't my favorite, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it, there's, there's a certain level of like talent, I guess, that, that is not learned. Yeah. And well, I mean, I think they did the best they could. I do. They, too. Like, they had to, I think they did the best they movie, could. <laughs> like, to cast this movie would have been hard. I know. There aren't a I, lot of working African actors. It's really hard for I me mean, to balance. one of their leads is English, you know. It's really hard for me to balance this kind of idea of like, I, I do want to put the time and effort into that. I want people to put the time and effort into that, right? But like at the same time, I've got to base it on what I saw mm. and how I felt with what I saw. Yeah. Well, um, um, and I think that the, there were other kids in this movie who did so well, like the well, brother. Little Benjamin is such and a Benjamin, star. Right. Those two especially, because Ivan, I just kept forgetting he was even in the movie. Mm. But Benjamin and Brian were so good mm-hmm. and very different as well. Um, Brian's kind of personality was significantly different to Benjamin's, but both of them really grabbed my attention whenever they were on screen. And Benjamin, every time I saw him, I just thought of Sister Act 2 every time. He reminds me so much of the kid in Sister Act 2 who sings yeah. So Happy Day. Um, yeah, and he has a really great moment at the first, when they, their first like yes, tournament, when they, when they go to the fancy school. So does the little girl too. She was really good too, the little girl who played Gloria. She yeah, was really cute. yeah, she was good. And again, she got better over the course of the movie. Like it's at the f- at first, she was like not very comfortable. A bit stiff. Yeah, a bit stiff. Her line delivery was a bit wooden, but she got there and she was so great. But I agree. They both had a really great moment at that tournament. Um, mm. Benjamin because he won and Gloria because um, she, she lost. And they were just fantastic. And he picks her up and takes her out of the room. Yeah, I, that was interesting too because that's like because that uh, coach has kind of is still it, it, that you still get the sense of this is a man who's slightly embarrassed. Like slightly embarrassed that his kids are so um, noisy and different and all that kind of stuff. Which is funny because they're also younger than the kids that they're playing against, which I think makes a difference. But kids are unpredictable. This is what, yeah, no, no. But you, you sort of, you get the idea that he is like someone who's had to like learn to behave in a middle class fashion. He's trying to impress these people at the fancy school, um, but the kids are like grabbing chicken off the plates because, but not because. They're rude or anything because they're freaking starving, and not and also because they don't. They just like they see food, they want it, they take it. Mm. They're not going to um, stand on formality because they don't even know no. what the point of standing and, and on formality is. Right. And what is the point for them? Exactly. What's this is a group of, of kids who are given a dorm full of beds and they don't. They've never slept in a bed together, so they all bunk down under blankets together. Yeah, like that. It's. Really quite lovely, but yeah. Then there's that that trip is a real like turning point. That for him, is which one of the best. About. That that whole section is one of the best parts of the movie. Um, but yeah, it is really funny and it's really interesting. But like, you do you know the kids are really unpredictable and their responses to things are always unpredictable and that's what makes it fun. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's what makes it exciting. Well, and that's interesting. what makes you it don't real know what they're well. going to do. Like Gloria just kind of threw a tantrum because. <laughs> The taking her queen. Yeah, and, and, and at the same time, Benjamin, like, dances out of the room. But also Gloria sets up one of the most important things in the movie. And one of the things that I loved about that was that he specifically gets a girl to teach um, mm. Fiona. And it's a girl who sets Fiona on her path to her chess dominance. Mm. And it's a girl who continues to be in the movie as well. Um, I really like that because that's kind of an important 
narrative. And I like that they keep the mother in as like a really important factor in her life and Knight as well. Mm. Like it's not, it doesn't all come down to the relationship with coach. No. Um, and even then he's got his wife there. So it, they really kind of, uh, it's a village, right? It takes a village to get her there, but they also really kind of impress upon you the importance of like female role models and having women um as support as well as this really important male figure in her life and uh, and uh, that the, is something that a lot of sports movies don't do yeah, so i really appreciate this movie yeah, for that and the women who support him in doing that role yeah like his goddamn hero wife who is earning all the money for the family yeah well most of them and he's and he's complains about that at one point and she's just like yeah but it's cool <laughs> yeah and you know this is what i signed up for you're doing the right thing with your life which i thought was quite lovely i know I, um she's I but also her. but not just her but he um he the needs um harriet to support him as well yeah otherwise the whole thing is not i work. was so disappointed when they didn't have the scene of him actually asking for permission for fiona to stay with him that was a a letdown for me because there's been so much respect between those characters up until that point. Yeah, and um, he's and that, always included her. So, like I said, that that whole section is a real letdown for me. I think one of the reasons why I feel more negatively about the movie than I did at the start is because I felt that whole kind of it really starts rushing to the finish and it starts to not um, have the same kind of effect as earlier. They they're not giving everything the same weight as they were at the beginning of the movie, and so it doesn't connect mm. um and if a movie ends strong you tend to feel better about it at the end of the movie if it ends weak it it really kind of affects the way the movie sits i think mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah okay. so yeah i i don't know this is a movie that i wish you know did better and i but i kind of wish was better as well right whereas i'm like go and see it go and see it. this is lovely go and see it with like your friends or your mother or and i hate that i don't like it as much as something like eddie the eagle like I found Eddie the Eagle just really charming, but I think that partly is because, um, just because of the chemistry of the leads and how good they are, and this one, the 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 leads are like supporting characters. Yeah, almost. Well, well, I mean, yeah, uh, a brand new actress has to carry a whole film, and and pro- sometimes that works, and I just and in don't this think case, it, and it's 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 tough, it's really tough thing it's to really do. Really tough, yeah. Um, like Taron Egerton, you know, he carried other films before he did that film, so you know. Yeah, uh, he did like Kingsman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he he sort of he's still new on the scene, but he had sort of yeah. done that before. I know, but but yeah. it it does like I've seen other movies where it's worked better, like um, Girlhood. Yeah, um, where which wasn't like, which was all amateurs. Yeah, it was all amateurs, and the girl in that was was m- much more kind of of a presence, I think, than yeah. than the girl in this. Um, there were moments when she worked well, but I felt like a lot of the time I was just like. Just you got to give us a little bit more of this scene because we don't know what you're feeling in this moment and we need to feel it. Yeah. Um. I feel like the this plot's kind of structured around her rather than on her. Um. Yeah. Fair enough. Should we do ratings? Yeah. I'm trying you to go first. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm well. See, I think I gave Eddie the Eagle four stars, which means therefore I have to give this four stars. That's not. Uh. Um. Gosh. I I'm torn between like two and a half and three stars. I'm gonna go with three stars. Because, yeah, there. I mean, I mean there's, a, there's enough to like about it. I think. There is enough to like about it, and and I shouldn't let the ending of it color it too much for me. But and Lupita Nyong'o and David David Oyelowo are so good in this movie. Yeah. Um. 
as I have mentioned a couple of times. So yeah, those two I think save it for me. Yeah, I um, just from it, if they hadn't been in it, it really would have been a struggle. I, I, I I'm gullible and susceptible to Disney magic, so I was but all like, I am, oh, yeah. I'm so gullible and susceptible to this stuff. You know, this is like <laughs> my bread and like kids movies where like there's you know adults making friends with kids and like the bit with the the story and all that sort of stuff. That is like my jam. <laughs> you know, that is that is absolutely my thing. But it just wasn't there. Fair enough. Uh, thank you. Oh, my God. We didn't talk about the musical sequence. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> Samir and Aia film. So there's a musical sequence over the credits. runs over the credits, but it's, it kind of it's, it calls back to a, um, a riff that's happened twice in the film. Well, because we were what, sitting through the credits. We always sit through all of the credits. And there's a bit at the beginning where it's just photos of the ca- – of the. Well, it's actually quite – it's quite nice because the cast no, members – No, no, not that bit. The, the next bit. Oh, right. So there's this really sweet bit where all the real people come in. Right and and are with Stand the cast with members. their cast the cast yeah. member who played them yeah and that's lovely that works great but then the next bit is a terrible song with like photos of yeah still it sounds photos. like a bad Disney Channel like original Demi Lovato type song yeah yep. and then after that there's this like scene where these these two guys who I'm assuming are famous sing a song that the kids sang earlier in the movie and then like walk out of the TV. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. It's so great. It's like the best part. Of the uh, it's amazing. It's a music video for this thing and it is so And all good. the cast are dancing and Yeah, singing. and there's like coordinated dance scenes of the cast on set. It's amazing. I loved it. Yeah. What more? All right. Now I will wrap up. Thank you for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you'd like to find our show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's review of Queen of Catway or any of the other films that she watches, it's silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. If you want to find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens at screen underscore queens on Twitter and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. And also, don't forget, tickets to our Rogue One screening in Canberra are still available. So, again, go to our website, silverscreenqueens.com for those. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.